Welcome to On Your Left, the Forza G podcast. We're a PanMass Challenge team committed to finding more cures for cancer. The PanMass Challenge is a bikeathon in which 100% of every rider raised dollar goes directly to funding life saving research and patient care at Dana Farber Cancer Institute in Boston. If you'd like to make a donation, click the link in our podcast description. We are your hosts, Susan and Betsy. Thanks for joining us today. Welcome to season three, episode one of On Your Left. I am so excited to be here with my co-host, Betsy. I'm really looking forward to uh, PMC 2022, a year of riding, being together in real life, uh, raising lots of money, and um, just really spending some quality time with our teammates and, and all the folks at PMC. So Betsy, hi. I'm so excited to be with you. Hi, here we are. I can't believe this is the third year we're doing this. But here we are. I am super excited for 2022. Um, When we started this podcast thing in 2020, we didn't know that we were going to be living in pandemic times. Uh, And here we are looking forward to a hopefully normal PMC. Got to ride my bike the other day when it was warm and it just made me feel excited and eager to see everybody and just do all the things we love. Me too. Me too. In today's episode, we are going to be sharing an interview uh, from Betsy and our teammate, Tina Cerrito. And the focus of our conversation is really about how to support one another when a family member, a teammate uh, gets a diagnosis of cancer and how do we support one another as a team. And it's it's a great chat about things that we can do better, things that we can do differently. Uh, Betsy, tell tell me a little bit about how this started. Yeah, I'm really excited to share this conversation with Tina because, to be honest, this all began at the lunch stop um, on PMC Day 1 last year, and there were a group of us just standing on Val's front lawn talking about what's it like to be the person with cancer or to be the caregiver, and we just shared some of our experiences and some of the things that we've experienced that were so helpful and or not helpful Um, And it just made us realize that we're all in this together and that we've all had versions of this experience and that folks really want to kind of be in community around this question and learn and, and just kind of see how we can all become better people as we, as we help each other to navigate um, this experience that so many of us have had in so many different ways. So thank you so much to Tina for joining me in this conversation, and I'm really excited to share it with everybody. My name is Tina Cerrito, and I think this will be my third or fourth year with Forza G. Since the pandemic, I've really lost track of time. So it's third or fourth year. Um, How I came to the PMC, my husband Chris had cancer in high school. He had stage three Hodgkin's lymphoma. And a group of his good friends from high school, who have now become my some of my nearest and dearest, started riding the PMC kind of early to mid-2000s, maybe 2004, 2005. And they always honored him while they rode, which I just thought was fantastic. Um, at the time that they started riding, I think I had three kids under the age of five, and I didn't own a bike. 
so it was not time for me to participate yet. But I always kind of knew someday I would um, I would be drawn into the PMC magic. And in 2013, I bought a bike, I rode it, and after that weekend, I am absolutely a lifer. I will ride it every year I can, and I hope that I am able to do so for so many years to come. Can you just um, kind of give us the the broad brushstrokes of your family's um, journey with cancer? Like everyone, a lot of my family members have had cancer, but the one that's most front and center in my life is my husband, Chris. Um, Chris first had cancer in high school. And so by the time I met him, I actually met him shortly before his five-year anniversary, which as you know, is a big one. That milestone um, took him out to dinner. We were early stages of friendship at that point. But so for as long as I've been with Chris, um, cancer has been a part of our life, but he was a survivor. Uh, so for 30 years, he was cancer-free and was still continually under the care of an oncologist because he had had kind of an advanced stage of cancer in high school and had some heavy duty chemo and radiation then. But um, it was just kind of a, a part of our lives. Um, he did have some, you know, health issues following up on the treatments and stuff, but it was really just a very segregatable part of our lives. And in 2019, um, he was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. I should add, he's doing pretty well, um, given the diagnosis that was handed to him in 2019. He's on a targeted therapy that is keeping the cancer from growing. And um, so he's doing much better than we ever would have expected. But now cancer is front and center in our lives um, in a way that it wasn't pre-2019. I'm thinking a lot about folks um, get this diagnosis or they get a, have a friend who gets it or a family member who gets it. And their first question is like, what can I do? So I'm wondering if you have any insights about like what that felt like and what you wanted or needed um, from others during that time. For me, the early days were a blur, but um, putting aside the love and the support, which, you know, all of my friends were fantastic to offer and provide, I think what helped me the most was a couple of friends that knew what I needed more than I knew, uh, more than I knew, I should say. Um, my main focus was just kind of keeping the family afloat. I my kids at that time were uh, 13, 15, and 17. Um, so I was trying to keep things as normal for them as possible. I mean, they were devastated. There's, there are no words to express um, what it was like telling them and, and stuff. But I did feel that, you know, when you're given a cancer diagnosis or, or your loved one is, it feels like the world stops, but it doesn't stop. So I still had, still had a kid applying to college. I still had a kid who was, you know, in eighth grade and a kid who was in 10th grade and, and had all of these things that I really wanted them to continue to do. So, you know, a few of my friends really kind of knew how to take the village. And um, some of the most helpful things were very basic kind of chores or errands. I was in a carpool for my eighth graders football practices 
and got a call from the mom. Guess what? You're out of the carpool. You're not driving anymore. We're driving him for the rest of the season. Full stop. Um, that was in September. So there were probably two months left. Um, a friend set up a meal train for us, which I was hesitant to do. I'm, I'm used to being the giver and not the receiver. And it was kind of hard to step back on that. But, you know, for all of the times that I had participated in meal trains for other people, I never appreciated what a big help it was to them. Um, I mean, food is is nourishment. Food is caring. Food is so much beyond just fulfilling like your basic dietary needs. And the the meal train was absolutely kind of crucial to how we got through the next few months, just knowing that that was taken care of and that every night we could sit down and have a dinner together, regardless of what we had been doing during the day in terms of running around was hugely, hugely helpful. When you hear someone share that they know someone who got a, has a diagnosis, what do you tell them? Like, what tips do you give people about how to support their loved ones? Any do's or don'ts? Sure. You know, I'm fortunate that I have lots of do's based on my own experience. And I would say the biggest thing that you can do in, in this circles back to something I said before are really tangible physical things. Um, I think that, you know, the first instinct to say, let me know if you need anything. Um, and particularly if it's a very casual acquaintance, that's perfectly appropriate. And it's a kind thing to say, but it's unlikely that the person's actually going to reach out to you to have anything done. So um, I found, again, people offering rides for my kids. That was a huge help. Chris and I, if we had a chance to go see someone or he needed blood or whatever, I wouldn't know my schedule from day to day. So to know that there were people who, you know, ahead of time said, I'll take your kids. I also had other people that, you know, said, call me immediately if you need me to take your kids. That was super helpful. The meals were really helpful. And, um, Again, as I said, it was about so much more than receiving the food. The notes that I would receive, the thoughtful gestures that people would put in, um, it just, it propped us up. It was just like these little bursts of support that propped us up so well. Um, a, a dear friend of mine did something that I now do, which was she would just text me and she'd say, Tina, today I'm going to do errands and I'm going to be in Fairfield. What do you need? There has to be something you need. I'm going to be there anyway. Not let me know when you run out of milk, but I'm going to be here. What do you need? Um, and that was really helpful. Um, I have deep faith. So I had a couple people text me and not only say I'm praying for you, but um, and I'm actually getting goosebumps. Like I had a couple of friends that said, oh, my mom's rosary group in South Bend, Indiana is praying for you every week. Again, it depends on the person, but for me, that meant so much um, to know that all this positivity and prayer was happening all over the place for him. So, um, yeah, I think just very tangible offers of specific things are, are very helpful. Oh, I, I agree so much about the the tangible specifics, um, and because like similarly, I I often experienced the like the, oh, let me know if you need anything as 
well, now you're making me do all the work. Like, I don't know if I need anything. And if I do now, I need to call you like, oh, thanks for trying, you know. Um, (laughs) But similarly, I had, honestly, this was like a parent of a former student of mine and said, I just made matzo ball soup. Do you want some? (laughs) And I was like, yes, I do. You know, like, or she said, I had just put it in the freezer. Like I could bring you some. I'm going to be in your neighbor. Like you said, I'm going to be in your neighborhood. So it felt to me like it was a specific thing. And it was like, she was saying, giving it a, a time frame. Um, perfect. And, and it was, so, it was so perfect. think there are rights and wrongs here. Um, but I guess what I'm wondering is what would you say to someone if they, if they feel like they either didn't show up right, or they missed an opportunity or they said the wrong thing? Like, what would you, what do you say about that? I think that what's important for the, the supportive acquaintance to know is that the person who's received the cancer diagnosis or the loved one's cancer diagnosis, their life already sucks. Like you not using the perfect terminology that might show up in a Hallmark card is not going to make it worse because it's already, you know, they're already in a tough spot. So come from the heart, you know, and, and just tell them that you care about them. Tell you, tell them that you're there for the, you know, add those tangible things that you might be able to do for them. But no one expects you to be perfect. It's a really, as as far as we keep evolving, things around um, illness and death are still really, really tough for people. And you're not expected to be perfect. Being supportive is enough. It really is. I know with with our experience, um, there were some people that were you know, right away, we're right there. And then there are other people that showed up later. And that was also great. Because when the initial adrenaline wore off of, you know, Chris is having treatment, and it's going okay. And, you know, um, it was really nice to hear from people that it was almost like a second wave of care and support. Um, He's received some letters, you know, as recently, I think he got one like six months ago. So that was maybe 18 months in and it just touched him and it maybe touched him in a, in a more important way than if he had received it right in the beginning with the blur of the diagnosis. It's never too late. And then the other thing where I think people have to tread lightly is offering medical advice. And I don't mean doctors. I mean the people that say, you know, my friend had the same thing and they went to an ashram and you don't need to pump yourself full of chemicals or, you know, you shouldn't go to that doctor. You should go to this doctor. I also sometimes felt like people would start asking me questions and I was like, okay, so I know you Googled it. And now you're asking the questions that emerged from your Googling. Like I, I Googled it too, you know, like, like I'm, I'm pretty good at at that. And so there's nothing that you know about this, you non-medical friend 
um, that right. I also don't know, you know, so like or that your maybe, doctor doesn't also know. <laughs> or maybe actually that my doctor doesn't. So given that our purpose, our PMC purpose, is that no one ever has to support their friends, loved ones, family members going through cancer diagnosis um, and treatment again, um, what are you looking forward to for this PMC 2022? Um, Betsy, I am so looking forward to it being closer to normal. I know that there are some aspects of it that still won't be back to uh, pre-2020 times but it seems like it's going to be a little bit more normal and um, like you I have some people in my orbit who've been diagnosed with cancer since last PMC and I always feel that just being surrounded by the PMC riders and in particularly the Forza G team is a huge huge boost to my feelings of hopefulness and just general good mood so I'm really excited to get together with this with this crew again it's um it kind of carries you through much of the year I just want to say thanks to Betsy and Tina for sharing their experience and sharing ideas, suggestions on how we could support one another. Really important. And it really brings us to another topic that we wanted to chat about. You know, we pride ourselves on working really hard to fight cancer as a team, Um, not just in, in PMC weekend, but it's PMC is a year-long effort. It's a labor of love, and it's really um, a year-long experience. We all know that life happens regularly and members of our teaming and community get hit with challenging circumstances. And one of the things that, you know, I, I certainly am finding is as our team gets bigger, you know, we realize that we need to be a little bit more organized and the way that we want to support one another. We want to make sure that someone is focused and ready so we can really make sure we're taking care of each other and responding um, in a consistent way. So um, we, we have an, we have an idea, Betsy, do you want to, go into a little bit more detail? Yes, I do. I am hoping to recruit recruit some willing members of the Sunshine Squad. And here's the idea. Uh, Hopefully, we'll collect a little money from anyone and everyone who's willing and able. We've got a shiny new team Venmo account that we'll unveil shortly. And the idea is this. When we learn that someone has experienced a loss or a difficult diagnosis or some other life challenge, The Sunshine Squad will make sure that we send some support to that person in the form of gift cards, flowers, meal trains, whatever we can we can do or whatever kind of meets the needs of of whatever's going on for someone. Um, Of course, we'll still need to rely on each individual to send notes or cards or, you know, emails or texts to show their support. But this way you know, folks don't have to wait around and kind of wonder like who's organizing that is someone in charge. You'll know that the sunshine squad is in charge and that every individual can kind of just respond as an individual. And you'll know that the the team is responding. So what we're looking for here are a couple of uh, courageous folks who want to join me in the sunshine squad. Uh, I think we're just going to figure it out together. You know, we don't exactly know what this is going to be or how it's going to go. But I'm confident that 
folks on this team with just such big hearts and smart brains are going to find uh, good ways to organize this. So if you're curious, let me know and we'll get organized and uh, be on the lookout for a request for contributions. And I know that this generous group of folks is going to rise to the occasion as we, as we always try to do. It's time for Car Up, that part of the podcast when we talk about what's coming up in the life of our favorite PMC team. What's on the horizon, Susan? Well, I'm super excited. This Saturday, March 26th, we are getting together at Mighty Squirrel Brewery in Waltham for a team social. Really excited to see folks. We're going to be there at uh, one o'clock until we're not. And uh, there'll be food trucks there, some Forza G folks, and we're really looking uh, forward to seeing everybody. So hope everyone can make it there. If you have any questions, you can reach out to me via Facebook or give me a call. And if you're into long range planning, you should know that the weekend of May 15th and 16th, we will be gathering in Glen, New Hampshire at the fabulous Bear Brook House for the not once, not or but twice delayed Triple Notch, also known as the Spring Century. Uh, we'll be getting together up there to ride somewhere between 40 miles and 106 miles. You choose your poison. And if you're interested, you should let me know. Um, it's 150 bucks for a Per person and it's always a really great time and a good opportunity to get to know folks and just spend time together on and off the bike looking forward to it thanks for listening to our podcast and joining us and the forza g family in our commitment to finding more cures for cancer if you want to learn more about the PMC, you can check it out online at pmc.org. And you can find us and the Forza G family on Facebook and Instagram. Most importantly, if you want to donate to this year's PMC, the link is in the podcast description. We'll be back soon with another episode. In the meantime, stay safe and see you on the road. On your left. <laughs> <laughs>